Welcome, listener, to the return slot of horror. Brewster! <laughs> I can't do the voice. Fuck. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you wanted so to go cool. for it. Yeah, yeah, it was so decent. Okay, I we'll think you, stick with it. We'll I think you can pull it off. <laughs> You're so cool, Brewster! So cool, oh, that's Brewster. pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, a podcast recorded in the basement of our video store after hours when the doors are locked the vhs's are rewound and the moon is glowing pale blue on a brisk and breezy night we like to hang out in the basement crack open a drink and discuss our beloved genre horror every episode we invite you to join us for a drink in the basement as we discuss a film selected from one of our painstakingly curated subsections of the video store that's right for those of you unlucky enough to grow up without a, a mom and pop video store mickey can you explain what I'm yeah, talking back about. Back in the day, before there was streaming, and even really before Blockbuster, there were these independent video stores. And to appease the appetites of the movie nerds like myself, Michelangelo, Chris, um, they would work directly with distributors to fill their shelves. What made these places special were the people working in the store, curating personalized sections based on their interests and the interests of their patrons. It was a way they made recommendations based on conversations and not just algorithms. So here at the return slot, we keep that spirit alive and strong. We hope you enjoy perusing our sections and joining in our conversations. Tonight, we find ourselves in the sex, lies, and bloody napes section of the video store. Tonight, we continue our season three premiere. Uh, this is our aperitif series uh, before our Halloween episodes, because as we all know, Halloween is... Not a day or a month, but a season that starts very lightly in August and in increases in spooky intensity mm -hmm. throughout September until its bloody autumnal climax in the holiest months, October. Tonight, we are again joined by Chris. Chris. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it's so good to have you here, man. Good to be here, buddies. <laughs> it's like, I kind of feel like it's like I have this clubhouse and then I had my uh, like like I started with another friend and then my like my really good friend. I wanted to be in the club and I wasn't sure if he was going to like, you know, if you guys were going to get along in the clubhouse. Is that why uh, you carve no girls allowed on the door to the basement? Yeah. <laughs> he man woman haters <laughs> club. <laughs> Here at the return. We're slot. not woman haters. Um. One of our founders is a woman, and she is no longer on the podcast. So, what is that? <laughs> wise, a wise, the wisest person that's ever been on the podcast <laughs> took that leave and ran away. <laughs> she made it a full year and a half, though. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. It's a lot of stinky socks down here, and a lot of stale mm -hmm. popcorn, and just you know, beer, and you know. Speaking of which, yeah. before we get to tonight's film. I'm sure you guys have figured it out by now, but um, uh, before we get to the film, what are we drinking tonight, guys? Mickey, what what what, what, I, what, is, actually, what is that a can of? In it's not a can of anything. In in honor of the season turning into you know full blown fall, uh, I went with something a little fall themed, and I call it a Bloody Jerry. <laughs> dot 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 Dandridge. So what a bloody what a bloody Jerry is is we, we go with these fall we go with this fall theme and because first of all it's not gonna be tomato based because Jerry is not eating tomatoes he's eating apples so we start with apple cider 
then we add cinnamon sticks. They've been shaved down to a fine point, so that we call them cinnamon steaks. Ooh. A little bit of spiced rum, a splash of grenadine to make it really blood red, like a hammer horror red. And then you serve it warm, and it's best had when dancing in front of the mirror to the song Give It Up by Evelyn Champagne King. <laughs> that is, nice. I mean, dude, like, amazing spooky cocktail. Chris, do you, you also have a spooky cocktail tonight, yes? We got two yeah. spooky cocktails tonight? Two Holy shit. Cocktails. This is amazing. Double the season, double the fun. Uh, similar, similar lines. Definitely. I like, uh, 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 same kind of similar waves of thought. Uh, I call it, uh, Jerry Dandridge's fruit bat fall festival fangria. Like sangria. <laughs> fangria. <laughs> I love it. Fangria. It's wonderful. Yeah. And it's, uh, a batch cocktail take on a classic sangria, red wine, apple cider, grand manier, mm-hmm. uh, steeped in apple, cinnamon sticks, lemon for 12 hours, topped with a little soda water and a little cinnamon and sugar. Coated apple slices at garnish. Oh my gosh! It's, there's Man. some amazing spooky cocktails tonight. I, yeah. I also I wish you had been my my mom when it came to like bake sales and things because the way you described all mm-hmm. the, the things you're putting in there and the ingredients, I could tell that you'd be an amazing bake sale mom. I've always wanted to be your mom, Mickey. Ever since I met you. <laughs> Ever since you met me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no offense, my actual mom. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to pick that fight. I'll lose. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say offense to your mom. <laughs> okay. All right. That's yeah. how. That's my angle. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've only been on a few of these, but has that happened a couple times? Is this, a, is yeah, this a every episode yeah. thing? Or, this is part of, this your part of the podcast. This is right. We talk mom, about yeah. moms. Moms come up. Yeah, family comes true. up. You know. Brothers who have been in cults come up. That That, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> It's the typical. Um, it's a typical all boys uh, uh, clubhouse. A lot yeah. of talks about our moms. Mm-hmm. A lot of talks about our moms. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I can vouch. Chris, Chris, everything Chris makes is fantastic. Mm. He can, can tell, bake. He can cook. He can. It's you know. I see. He's 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 humble. Mm-hmm. He's very humble. I don't like praise. <laughs> I just want to kiss you. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, you two. Enough. 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 So much love in the basement tonight. Um, oh yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be a sexy conversation. It's a, this is gonna be a sexy, mm-hmm. this is a very yeah, this sexy is. conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm drinking the sexiest drink of all time, and that's uh, <laughs> a brewery from Chicago, Half Acre Beer, their Logger Town, which is their Oktoberfest. Um, mm. uh, you got to start them early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But uh, Oktoberfest is actually, actually celebrated yeah. in mm-hmm. September. Yeah, that's good. Is that your like radio <laughs> DJ voice? It's no, that's, it's that's, no, it's my like ner- like nerd. um, uh, oh. Frankenstein is the name of the monster's creator. Which, which oh. the people who would listen to this podcast are those people, and you just insist on insulting them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate myself, so I hate. <laughs> the self-loading the has to go to everyone <laughs> yeah. else too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, listener, for listening. I, I love self-loathe. You. I have to all loathe. Yeah. Um, tonight we are talking about uh, Tom Holland's heartfelt love letter letter to the Hammer horror films of the late '50s through the early '70s, 1985's *Fright Night*. Um, I did write originally in the title that this was a campy cult classic mm. but can you call something mm. like this a cult 
classic. It was the highest grossing it's, horror film of that summer. Yeah. Yep. And it spawned mm-hmm. books and comic books and sequels yep. and mm-hmm. video games. I would. Yeah, I don't think it's very. Well, I mean, it's Colton that like it's obviously one that has been very popular, like cons and stuff like that. Horror cons. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, I don't think it has cult status. I also I would push back on the camp factor, too. For I don't me, think it's a campy film. I think it's it's got some camp. It's got that 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 sort of a uh, uh, horror uh, hammer horror camp to it. It's not like I I can understand what you're saying. I I do. Too. Um, I understand what you're saying. No, yeah, I understand yeah what I'm it's saying. it's not a fine you. line, right? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. Mickey doesn't understand what either of us. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call it campy. Campy wouldn't be one of the descriptions mm-hmm. I would come to uh, early on. But um, yeah. And I also wouldn't call it cult. If I mean, yeah, when we get into like my discovery of it, I think that in and of itself is kind of dismisses as being cult. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. So so, mm. um, Chris, this was your pick. Oh yeah, for the sex lies and bloody nape section of the video store. Um, why Fright Night, and what's your relationship with it? You know, I I was trying to recall. I don't remember the first time I saw this. I feel like it was something that I remember being conscious of it back whenever I was a little kid, mm-hmm. like young enough that like those effects scared me. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that it was like I'm pretty sure it was like uh, again. I feel like I uh, repeat myself a lot whenever this comes up, but like it was like a uh, a Joe Bob special, you know, TBS. Like I think yeah. that first, I think the first watch was edited even, and that kind of like goes like uh, you know. But that's what's great about the horror host, right? Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially with a movie that has a horror host in it, like the, the the you get to watch it with someone, and it's like it's 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 scary, but he he's holding your hand through it, mm-hmm. he or she. And I mean, I think that it's one. I think that it's a fantastic like i guess kind of a little bit to our conversation earlier but i don't feel like it falls in that camp category a bit because i feel like it is so lovingly done it is an homage to the vampire films of the of mm-hmm. or from hammer films but at the same time too has its own space is not overly concerned about following any sort of preset rules or conditions it has humor in it it has that amazing 80s films mm-hmm. i'm a child of that late eighties, early nineties. Like that was a big part of like, you know, my growing up. And so this, something like this has a huge space in my heart. So, and it's got yeah. Herman's head as a lead. So I oh, mean, well, that's what, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a big factor in me as well. Yeah. Herman's head. Herman's head on Fox. William Fox Sunday lineup. He was the lead on a Fox show Herman's called head. Herman's head. Herman's head. Will you so it, explain this for so, someone who doesn't know, like myself or a listener. If you, Herman's head. So there are there are, there are people in Herman's head that kind of control every kind of his emotion, like lust and like um, uh, I just really remember lust and there gluttony and something. Lust, like, there's like, anger. Yeah, it, it it's actually funny because like what was that Disney film that came out a few years Inside ago? Inside. Out. Yeah, it was. It's that concept, it but like concept. early nineties ah. Fox, like. But also, know, it was like very. Kind of it was kind of it, it was later at night and it was kind of sexy a little bit because mm-hmm. Herman like was doing a lot of dating and stuff. So you. would they'd be like making decisions on whether or not to sleep with somebody in his head. And it was a comedy. And so like you would dump, jump out to this like, this like control room where his thoughts are like arguing it out, all played by different characters. The one I remember most is the, the, the actress who does the voice of Bart Simpson. 
she plays yeah. like his she plays like his kindness in his, Your, in his like love. Yearly Smith, right? Yeah, she's great in it. And um and I just remember it so well because it was like most of my like early ideas of like <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. that your emotions towards sexual you know, attraction were kind of from Herman's head to show that like it only like ran two seasons maybe in like ninety one and ninety two, but uh but yeah but that was a big reason why I watched this film was because I had watched Herman's Head and Herman's Head bumped up against uh so I married uh so I married no married with children which was Marcy Darcy mm-hmm. yeah. By, yeah yeah so. Both of those were big in my life. And then, of course, you know, and you're, this is 92, 93. So I already knew what, who, what Prince Humperdinck, uh, Humperdinck was from yeah. uh, Princess Bride. So when I went to the, so the summer before my sixth grade year, I would go rent movies, but I felt like I had graduated from Monster Squad and like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I was like trying to really challenge myself. And when I saw the cover art on this one it was like hell yeah this mm-hmm. is creepy for sure and then when i saw that it was herman marcy darcy and prince humperdinck i was like oh this is gonna be good this is just gonna be it's gonna be awesome so uh so that's my exposure to it was like i, I want to say probably it was the summer before sixth grade or maybe the fall of sixth grade uh because that was when i was really trying to push myself that way um and yeah i just so like who's- Who's Herman's head? Who who is Herman? William is played Ragsdale. by, yeah, the William lead Ragsdale. Okay, okay, gotcha. Charlie. Gotcha. Charlie is Herman. Yeah, and inside gotcha. his head are all these. Yeah, so yeah, gotcha. um, so yeah, it's just it's like it for some reason it feels like the movie that took me was my first movie that was like really rated R, and then from there came like American Werewolf in London and Lost Boys and stuff like that. But this movie was kind of like in it was, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first that really like was pushing the boundaries of what I could, what I was watching. And, um, yeah, there you go. Um, I, 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 lo- I, I loved it then. And I, you know, I'm also, I wasn't aware of all the tropes then either. I didn't know what a horror host even was. So for me, this is like a lot of introduction to a lot of horror, like vampire tropes. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's not Ground Zero Vampires, because like I said, I, I was all about Monster Squad. I was aware of vampires. I even thought they actually lived in my hometown. <laughs> but, but this was like the one where it started introducing regular ideas and thoughts around horror and what horror is and like the TV hosts that host horror and then, you know, all that. And Mickey, what, what would you do, uh, for those of you who haven't listened to that episode, what were you doing uh, um, about those vampires that you thought lived in your hometown yeah. when you were a kid? I had I had a box full of of like pencils that shaved down into steaks, um, <laughs> holy water I stole from my church, uh, garlic powder because I didn't know that you know it was different from actual raw garlic. Just that's all I knew garlic to be. Um, a holy Bible, of course, a crucifix, just all shoved under the bed, and um, in like in my Mimi's old vials, I put all the holy water. And I stood ready and guarded, and I'd go out in the woods and with my dog Wolf, and we would, you know, just see what we would protect the neighborhood. You know, you this will come up in in, in in another episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as I said, I was like, ah, oh, I should have waited to to, to talk about <laughs> no, this. No, 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 no. the next good. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, no, no. Um, I, I also, um, it's hard to remember my first viewing of this, but I, but what I do remember is I, I I would, 
my my mother would always go over to my aunt's house um like once a week and she had like a really nice house and she had a huge vhs collection um and i would peruse her vhs's you know she had them in like all the it was almost like a video store she had them broken Mm -hmm. down into genres and she would always let me borrow one to take home and then i would bring it back the next week and i was mesmerized by the artwork yeah. for fright night i mean that like i would love mm-hmm. i would love to be i i enjoy painting very much and i know you do too mickey i wish i was at the skill level to where i could paint this movie poster mm-hmm. for myself because i would love to own not the movie poster of this but like uh like a like an oil on mm-hmm. canvas yeah of of the movie poster it's yeah. so like i love it so much um uh so you know i just it was just years of me like staring at this thing until eventually i got up the courage to ask if i could maybe borrow that one yeah like just to have the courage to ask to borrow it and even then my mom was like i don't i don't think <laughs> I don't think this is one you should like. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little much. And you know, like I, we've if you listen to the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get into horror really until I was much older. Um, Monster Squad was more my speed. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but I eventually saw this. I've seen it a million kajillion mm-hmm. bajillion times. I fucking love it. Uh, despite, um some of the issues maybe that the movie has, maybe we'll sure. get into those things. Um, but, but kind uh, of, are you talking about issues that are kind of like, we can say is a little bit kind of of the era issues that just in general, a lot of films have, well, there, or, there's always, are you talking about you know, technical things or no, not technical things. Okay, um, okay. just like maybe for, for me, some story structure yeah. things, um, okay. uh, we can get into. And then, you know, I think one thing you always, maybe we don't always mention this, but like, you know, we are watching, most of these films tend to be older and you Mm -hmm. have to understand like the, the context and the time in which they're made. Right. And to, um, view them and judge them with the standards that we have now can be a little unfair, assuming it's not egregious stuff. I think you're talking more along the lines, Mickey, right. Of like where we are right now with like equality, amongst sure. uh, 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 men, women, and everyone in between and sexuality. And, and, yeah. and, and um, you know, I think uh, uh, <laughs> black yeah, Americans I mean, are really well depicted in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. At, well, least, yeah. at least there, there is one character of status in this film that is, you know, there's the, uh, the cop. Um, yeah. Uh, played yeah. by Art J. Evans, detective mm-hmm. Lennox. Uh, but yeah. like, We'll we'll get yeah. to the club scene because I really the, want to talk about that. The, the, yeah, yeah, th- those are just the, the, yeah, those are things that it's like I I I don't want people to mistake if I don't mention them that I for some reason think it's just fine. I recognize it, but it's a period piece. It's it is. I mean, it's like it's it's kind of you know trapped by the time that it was made and some of the stereotypes that they play with were really acceptable at the time, but but are such shortcuts and and blind spots that that we as you know, as filmmakers at that time had, and a lot of films that that you may have loved as a kid. I mean, now there's a slew of them. Don't want to spend too much time on that topic, but but yes, I don't I don't love those when I see those in films that I, I truly cherish. 
and it bums me out. But, you know, that's part of living with things that were made in a different time, you know? Yeah. It's it's interesting, though, because, like, I kind of have a bit of a, especially, <laughs> I got an interesting perspective a bit, I think a bit on that, too, though. It's like, this falls into the uh, the trap that happens in a lot of 80s films of, and Tom Holland's quoted as saying that, like, he put this in the suburbs because he wanted to be relatable. So this is 1980s Ronald Reagan America. Like yeah. the like the perception of like what's relatable is white suburbia, right? Mm -hmm. But then like this really kind of falls into a lot of funny areas. I think of like that like white fear of like you're in this incredibly safe space mm. of suburbs and have mm -hmm. this mythological thing mm -hmm. that happens out of the ordinary mm -hmm. to strike fear into you. And yeah. it's kind of it's I think completely unintentional. But it wanders oh, yeah. into an area that I think is really, it's prescient today, especially with what's happening in a lot of those sorts of areas of like suburb white America. So. I, it's so funny. I wrote that down in my notes. I was, I, was, I was like, you know, the beautiful thing about a vampire is, is that it kind of represents our fears in a way, our anxieties of what we are. And when you look at what the anxiety is, it's like this pretty vanilla suburban white horny teenager has to fear this sophisticated pansexual kind of outsider wrong yes mm -hmm. and it's like and there's something about it where it's like i i was sitting there i was like i i 100 love this film but i also recognize it's like yeah it's it's almost like what you were saying it's like it's very much like reflective of an idea that represents one one part of america you know and i, I I, I do want to add to that. Um, uh... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can I just, I'll throw in one thing yeah. real quick. No, like, you go thought. ahead because I fucking well, lost it. I was just going to say, so <laughs> this is based in a fictional Iowa town called Corvallis. So mm -hmm. I can tell yes. you right now from us, you know, spending a, some time in the state of Iowa, there is very much towns, suburb towns in Iowa that are, incredibly incredibly white so, oh mean, yeah in a yeah, way I, yeah this, i hear you no this I, does kind of capture a bit of yeah, what could be does. reality yeah it I, does yeah i did a a play in iowa and uh it was like it, it was in des moines uh it was you know one of the at the time it was like one of the highest uh quality of life cities in america and it was very nice. The people were very nice. There was beautiful parks and galleries and, uh, but there was, some, there was, if you're from Iowa, I'm sorry, uh, uh, that I'm about to say this, but there was something kind of depressing about it to me. And I don't know, you know, I, I grew up in, you know, Kansas city, Missouri. So it's also Midwest. Um, but there was just something, I don't know, maybe too perfect about it. And, and Chris, you know, Chris, uh, you know, there's like, uh, we, we, you know, I'll often watch like a terrible movie or something. And you're like, why'd you watch that? And I'm like, because I hate myself. You know, so <laughs> it's like, you a know, there's, refrain, there's some psychological, yeah. there's some psych, yeah. uh, psychology wrapped up in, in, in that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, um, uh, oh, so what, what I was going to say, uh, I'm just remembering now is, uh, uh you know, don't get me wrong. I love this movie, right? Yeah. But um, when I watch it now, 
Mm -hmm. um, I find, and it was less this time, but it was a lot more, this was a lot more present the last few times I've watched it, that like, it's like Charlie is in a, in a movie filled with like rich characters, fun characters. Charlie is like the least interesting one. He is like a little self-righteous and like, thank God they, you know, William Ragsdale brought what he brings to the character. But mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, uh, uh, you know, again, I love Holland's script, but I think he's just assuming like, oh, this you're going to like this guy because he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's the he's the kid next door. He, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I think but, that he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that was purposeful, like that he wanted at least like, I mean, especially I'm sure that you guys probably came across this too, but like Curly Sheen uh yeah was yeah, in for the role yeah. oh and, man that would have been distinctly when tom holland distinctly was like i don't want a hero i want mm -hmm. the like the the kid next door like you know like yeah. he kind of yeah. wanted a someone a who goofy... is believably a, a virgin yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you cannot play uh, oh, that no. you know yeah <laughs> he wanted a you know uh i think even and of course it, it's hard for it to come across considering their age being you know every all the teenagers are in their mid to late 20s <laughs> but like you know he, i think he wanted that like you know I'm going through puberty and I'm very unsure mm -hmm. of myself, but I know. Yeah. Cause I mean like, like look at like how he talks like, and, and in a way you can even see this being yeah. almost something more like a Goonies situation. You know what I mean? They like, could yeah. have casted more like 12 year olds, 14 year olds in these roles. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it would have worked um, because of the fact that's like, so like, I mean, like how he talks like around the cop, like, you know, like, because in the basement there's a coffin because he's Dracula taking yeah. the sleep. You know what I mean? Like it's so mm -hmm. like silly. So yeah. That's where a little of the camp comes in for me. Fair. Like yeah. that. And when like when uh uh Jerry, whenever anything goes wrong for Jerry, <laughs> he gets so he either gets so angry or uh -huh. so like, <gasps> no, no. <laughs> you know, just like, dude, you're like a badass vampire. Like he stuck a pencil through your hand. It's going to be okay. Or like, you know, like, it's just like that to me, those are kind of campy moments, He's but I do agree with you. I wouldn't pain. classify this film. It's very, the film is very sincere. Uh -huh. And, um, and, and I'll um, say to to that effect, I'll also say that that I think that sometimes where I think that these characters are nuanced enough that sometimes it covers the camp being like these are I we're just talking specifically about Jerry. Uh, well, and we can also talk about Evil Ed as well. It's like I could see where that would read as camp, but it also I kind of feel like they're giving performances better than what were written for them to give mm -hmm. and they're they're adding nuances that weren't you can tell by the dialogue it wasn't in the script that these are they're bringing interesting ideas and choices to their actions you know and i just think about that with jerry there and also like because i i had a moment with evil ed where i was like do i think that this is one of the best performances hands down in a horror film by a best friend or is this bad 
<laughs> and I was like, and then I cited on, no, this is one of the best performances ever. Oh, yeah. down by his, a best his, in film. his scene in the alley is yeah, uh-huh. heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Actually, it's heartbreaking. That, that, that could be campy, but instead it actually hits the emotional uh, tones that it needs to, to, I think, be effective on me in a, in a, in a real way. He, you know, getting cast in this role, um, Evil Ed, Stephen Jeffries, yeah. uh, you know, he had just worked with Amanda Bierce. How do you say her last name? I've heard it said Burse, but Burse. I, I, it might be. So that they, they had worked just mm-hmm. right before this together in like a, I think it was called Fraternity Vacation or something mm-hmm. like that. I've never where he was heard playing that like before. In, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I tried looking like it up. one I got to watch. The one I yeah, gotta watch. <laughs> um, uh, not a quite, not exactly uh, better off dead, but but I think it was probably like a copycat, maybe of something like um, that. Um, uh, but you know, he had never played this this type of character before. He was used to going in for uh, more of like innocent, pure-hearted type mm-hmm. guys, and I think it. You know, he has he has some depth. Uh, mm-hmm. He brings some depth to the character, and. Uh, He's had an interesting career. Mm-hmm. Chris is a, Chris owns most of his uh, uh, work outside <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. of uh, yeah, uh, feature fan. films. Big collector. <laughs> Wait, I, he's only done feature films. What are you talking about? <laughs> now he had a, he had a streak there in the late eighties, early nineties. That was my favorite works of his. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know the alias that he had. I, I forgot to denote it. Did any of you guys? Oh, I have it no, here. Hold on it. one second. Let me, uh, let me pull it up here. Um... Ah, shit. But anyway, Keep for the talking. listener, Keep talking. in case if you did not know, uh, Stephen Jeffries hit a point in his life career in which uh, he starred uh, under an alias in some uh, gay pornography films. And, um, and, you know, that might have been by choice. I, I, I yeah. think he talks well, about and, it and he in is. a sort of positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I would say that. I mean, I think that it's part Sam of Ritter. his Funny. Sam Ritter. Sam Ritter is was his, his alias Ritter. for the. That just the sounds por- like a good, uh, yeah. gay pornographic yeah. films that he did. No punny, yeah, just uh, just the straight. I mean, yeah, Sam Ritter. Sounds like, yeah, could have been an actor's name, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think that's part of his his process and how he came to to be very comfortable in who he is as well i don't mm-hmm. think it was anything i think it was definitely a bit of an organic process and good for him i mean i think that like you know there's a lot of people that have gone down that road and lost themselves to uh you know can be very can be very negative to who you are there's nothing wrong with pornography but there's a lot of um a lot of casualties in the, oh, yeah. uh, the field of it, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. good for him for, I mean, and he is a very, he's got a very strong career right now. I mean, he's in a lot of films that I haven't personally watched. There are a lot of horror yeah. films that he's working, but he's working. Uh, I've listened to him, a couple interviews with him. He comes off very charming, very real. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's something that I don't know if you guys came across this or not, but it's interesting. Everyone that was in this film is incredibly bonded. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Chris Sarandon has a podcast that he does in which he it's like talking about cooking and like the role of food in your life. It's a good podcast. I I recommend it. Um, I think I actually have it here. Uh, bup, 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 bup. 
but anyway, the point being is that uh, all of the co-stars alive, like Roddy McDowell obviously wasn't able to be a part right. of it, but uh, have been on it. And they all talk about how much they became good friends and just mm. it's it's awesome to see like what a yeah. nurturing relationship everyone had on this film. If, and from my understanding, Roddy McDowell, um, not able to obviously talk about it now, but but was like not just the heart of the story, but also on set was like taking family films and just mm-hmm. very much like mm-hmm. um, the, the the patriarch of that that crew. And then um, you know, I read that you know Sarandon was like such a pro and such an inspiration to some of the young actors to watch him kind of move around the set and just handle the long hours and makeup being told they're not shooting that particular day, whatever it was, but just a consummate professional the whole way through. I've actually heard there have been a lot of allegations. Oh no. Confirming, confirming that Roddy McDowell was an absolute gentleman and a wonderful person mm-hmm. impeccably dressed with amazing taste. So oh, great. Yeah. I love he would, he, he would have two dinner parties a week. Wednesday nights Wednesday nights were for straight couples Uh and uh Friday or Saturday nights was for gay couples. Mm -hmm. Um I love them. Uh uh sound like the gay uh, party was awesome too. Oh, that's that's the one you want to go to. to. That's the one you want to go to. That's the fun one. Uh Uh you know, the straight couples are on Wednesday nights. What what does that tell Uh, you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy a good Wednesday night party, but come on. Um uh yeah R- R- roddy mcdowell is you know, as peter vincent like yes. oh fright night so good so wonderful mm-hmm. so wonderful so charming so so um sensitive in that role that could very easily be because you're a tv horror host it could be big. It could be, you know, so many other directions. And he kind of took this like sensitivity about it, and like, and like, uh, you, you're you're like you're scared for him as he goes through this process. You're like, this guy's no hero. This guy is not gonna save anybody's life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, but so so I really appreciate that that he brought to it as well. I mean, this this casting is is really strong. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's they really lucked out with like uh an amazing concept uh, uh the killer practical effects um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this cast for sure and you know yeah. it was shot yeah mickey and i we've talked about this before that the anamorphic panavision anamorphic lens mm-hmm, that uh, mm-hmm. 25 35 1 ratio like it's a gorgeous movie and um mm-hmm. You know, for the VHS collectors out there, when it was originally released to home media, it was a pan and scan. Mm. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know what a pan scan is, Mickey, do you want to describe what that is? Uh, you're, you're, they're basically cropping off the edges of the film. They're rather than seeing it in its actual intentional shot way, where it's you know really wide in that aspect ratio, they're basically squaring it off and cutting off all of your your edge frame to to then to then zoom in on it, and so you yeah sometimes people essentially a different film. Well, in in many ways, yes. I mean, it's like anybody who knows any kind of basic photography and composition knows that you know you're using every every space available to you in the sensor. So you are, yeah. You're losing. Oh, I can't. Don't know the exact math of it, but I want to say you're losing a little over. No, I mean a little under a third of the film. You're 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 seeing like an edited version of. It's not the director's movie anymore. It's somebody mm-hmm. who 
paint scanned it and mm-hmm. it's telling you where the focus needs mm-hmm. to go so and i'm sure most of you know this already but you always need to make sure when you're watching a film especially if you're purchasing that film mm-hmm. that you're you're watching it the way the director intended and right. like chris you recently there's been a criterion collection sale chris has been buying up all sorts of stuff because oh. uh, he's he's raking in a lot of money being a guest on the episodes here mm-hmm. yeah and see, um, see. See how you use your money. Uh, it's so weird that you guys make your own currency with the two of you like embracing. <laughs> it, it's odd... circular. It's circular. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You too can get your return slot of four bucks. It's a yeah. cryptocurrency yeah. that we're selling. <laughs> you yeah. mail us, <laughs> mail us $10,000 yeah. to PO Box 421. Um, Is there a point of what you're saying, though? But yeah, it wasn't sure. We'd, you'd, seeing it in its in its actual meant to be seen Tom Holland way. It's always the way to go for any film, especially if you yeah. Know, this is a gorgeous yeah. film. I real a lot quick, of texture. I was kind of wondering just about that. Everything I read one thing and I tried validating it and I couldn't find it anywhere else. And did you guys come across the thing about how like so Tom Holland of course wrote it and he wanted to direct it, but at one point um, Richard Donner was going to direct it and then he decided to move over to lethal weapon Lost. right oh lethal weapon okay yeah. yeah and then that opened it back up to tom holland directing it and i i read this one place and i've tried like validating it searching through richard donner stuff as well i couldn't find anywhere else so i don't know if it was bs or not i wasn't sure if you guys came across that i didn't come across that i didn't come across it either and it's fucking you it, know it's hollywood land so like yeah hard to know if it's real or not. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah there's probably there's probably a, a hint somewhere where someone said you know, it'd be great for this Richard Donner. And yeah, Richard Donner. You know, that's, if that's what it, it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, Tom Cruise was uh, uh, up for this part. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, you, <laughs> Everyone, you go into yeah. IMDb trivia and it's like, depending yeah. on the era, it was it was like whatever mm-hmm. the top star was in that era, it's like, mm-hmm. well, this person was considered. It's like, yeah, because yeah. that's yeah, the every studio, studio wanted was to considering hire a star. Yeah. Well, and to that point, I just thought it was funny because, uh, and Michelangelo, you said the actor's name, but who played the detective, like, he's got total, like, I'm too old for this shit vibes going on. And so it's yeah, funny. I was yeah, like, yeah. is that an overlap that could have been there? <laughs> he is uh, R.J. Evans. Um, still, or, or, or at least uh, uh, as of 2017, like, still has, he has such a baby face, despite the fact that mm-hmm. he, I think, went prematurely gray at a pretty, pretty young age. He's gray in this film, but he, he has a very boyish face. Um, uh, have either of you guys read the book? No. No, I no. haven't. Have you? So there was a novelization of the film, a few different ones of them, but then recently Tom Holland mm-hmm. wrote a, uh, Fright Night Origins, and the plan was to, I don't know if this is still happening, but the plan is to make a trilogy right his his originally intended uh uh or not originally intended he wrote it as a one-off but like to create his version of of the trilogy because this did spawn a sequel there was supposed to be a third film that never came to fruition Uh, there was a remake we'll maybe get to those at some point but um i uh read slash also listened to the audiobook that chris sarandon narrates i went back and forth as i was trying to like i was trying to cram in before I did this and um, it gives you some more context to individual character motivations. 
Um, and if you are a diehard Fright Night fan and you love this world, maybe reading the book is a good idea. But like I found it ultimately like you I've seen like the movie it? so many times. I've seen the movie so many times. Like the book was just retreading what I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it fills in what I would, what you would speculate through the mm-hmm. actor's performance. But like, meh, you know, well, I, I mean, I'm kind of curious, like, does it, I and mean, maybe you guys don't have this question, but like, there's a few things like, for instance, like what is Billy Cole? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does it dive yeah. into that at all? He's a blood slave. Um, which in, in this story, essentially what it means is that, um, he's kind of half vampire. He's, Mm. he has, he has, uh, the advantage of being, um, having a very long life, uh, for living hundreds of years and, um, uh, being very strong, but he's not a full vampires and he's so good. He suffers from this. You know, he, he he suffers a great insult in one night where Jerry turns two other people into a vampire. And this guy has oh. been with him for hundreds of years mm-hmm. waiting to be mm-hmm. turned. But mm-hmm. Billy's so good at his job. Yeah. You hey, know, this is, that he, you yeah, know, he well, doesn't want to right risk here, turning him fully because yeah. he's the guy who protects him mm-hmm. when when there's daylight. You know, yeah, they, I, they I, have a really wonderful relationship within the book. Um, hmm that I think comes across within the film pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, I, I presumed that he was like a Rinfield kind of being, you know, having the proverbial carrot hung out in front of him. Uh, yeah. But Renfield wasn't respected. Renfield was just the slave. Whereas mm-hmm. Billy, but, but Billy also gets told to like get on his knees when he's, you know, working with, he doesn't Jerry. get told. He just is. I thought he says, I thought, I thought that, Jerry says something to him to to make him get on his knees, like 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 remember who's in charge, kind of like a. Don't I don't remember that. Do you remember no, that, Chris? I, no, I don't. Maybe think you're so. right. I, I don't remember that. The, that. Uh, I think it cuts to um, uh, because then of course it's the Charlie. The phone rings. Charlie picks up. He's mm-hmm. covered in sweat. You know, he starts talking to him, and they do that that like zoom in on on Dandridge in the window with the phone, and he's mm-hmm. at the his knees. Which I did uh, find a Tom Holland thing that he did distinctly want it framed that way to oh, imply yeah. a subtext. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I like the fact that he was talking about it. You know what I mean? Because I would have to assume there's a lot in this film that, in that regard, that some of it's intentional and some of it's not. Right. And so it's interesting to hear like that one was like, like no, that one was intentional. This other one over here, yeah. that one wasn't. That type yeah, of yeah. thing, you know. It's like yeah, good to yeah. hear him not be like, oh no, I was bad in a thousand. I'm super progressive. It was eighty five, you know. Like, yeah. Like okay, mm-hmm. you know. Well, in the same time that Freddy's Revenge is coming out, isn't that the same year? I was wondering that same thing. So same speaking, year. speaking of Freddy. I think that this town is located in the same place in uh, as uh, uh, Nightmare Part Two, where all of a sudden you're in a Midwest suburban town, and then there's all of a sudden you there within walkable distance of this suburbia, uh-huh. there is yeah. an industrial <laughs> section yeah. with a nightclub. Very cool city. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty common in, in small walkable. Midwestern stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very common. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, for you city dwellers, you wouldn't know that, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, very, very normal. <laughs> that classic American city, yeah, in which two yeah, blocks yeah. away from the suburbs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I enjoyed. So, okay, we we bring up the club. Why does Jerry go nuts on those on the bouncers? It <laughs> doesn't awesome. serve what he's trying to do in the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, he's um, temperamental. <laughs> did either of you notice uh, any Holmes? He's one of the bouncers. Mm. He was a professional football player. He was on the A team and he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. I thought you guys would know what? this, especially you, Mickey. Yeah. In the A team? Like on an episode of A team. He wasn't an a part episode. Of no, no, okay, no, I was no, gonna no, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, he was an I know episode. my A team pretty well. What kind and of then guys you trying to tell me? <laughs> he's he's the bouncer who gets like uh Jerry like grabs him by the throat and throws him. Uh, he's Leon across the floor. Um he had they have names? Is he yeah, Leon? The the he's first lit, bouncer they're... that gets attacked, he goes, Leon, and then the big guy comes up, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he is not, listed as bouncer with two. Yeah, they're not credited yeah, yeah. with names. That's funny. Um, That's bullshit. But bouncer number one mm-hmm. is Nick Savage, and I was mm-hmm. like, I know this guy from something. Yeah, Mickey, mm-hmm. Mickey, you what? definitely know this guy. Oh Ooh. God, it's like he's it's like, like <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. He's the leader oh. of the biker gang in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Huh. He's huh. and he he worked he worked up until ninety two. Uh, pretty consistently uh, huh. in film and television. Okay. Um, uh, but I thought you would know about Ernie Holmes. He was a no. no I did yeah. not know there was a Pittsburgh connection. There's always a Pittsburgh connection, but no, I always didn't know a that Pittsburgh. One. Always, always, always a Pittsburgh connection. Yeah. No. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Yeah. That's Jack Savage, for sure. Huh. I man. Nick. Nick Savage. Sorry. Nick Savage. Um. Uh, and speaking of the book, uh, for the last time, uh, they do retcon it into being like a small town in the wine country in California in like, Northern okay. California. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like not too yeah. far from Hollywood, uh, yeah. which makes a lot more sense. Uh huh. I thought it was so weird. The fact that I was wondering why, like, you know, so Charlie has a university of Iowa pencil holder that he grabs the pencil out of these tabs yeah. dangerous hand. And when you get, um, uh, Peter Vincent's uh, eviction notice. There's the shot of it. It says Corvallis, Iowa, which there isn't. It's a made yeah. up city. It's like it seemed unnecessary. I was wondering why was it set there, but that was what you did anything. back then. You, like yeah. we talked about this in Teen Wolf. It's like there, you know, your your market is like Middle America. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. cast it in the Midwest to try to make it a more relatable thing. Try, right? try to get that big right. Iowa dollars. Uh, yeah. so many speaking Iowa speaking of which. When Charlie stabs Jerry, mm-hmm. right? There's a few things I want to talk about from that scene. Okay. One is, I mean, Charlie would have stabbed himself in the neck if it went through that part, right? That's the fucking end of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Dave's just stuck. He can't get it. Yeah. He's like, ah, ah shit, ah, shit, shit. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, and the mom's knocking on the door, and he's like, <laughs> he's like moving around with the kid like dangling from his hand, like he's trying to like get him off. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know. Jerry is like, hey man, like be <laughs> <Yeah>. cool, <laughs> yeah. right? 
He's like, uh-huh. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to do any of this. Just like mm-hmm. be cool. What I want to know, uh, what you guys like, what kind of relationship you would have formed with Jerry as a result of that, if you were Charlie, and um, how would you want your Fright Night story to go, if you mm-hmm. were Charlie? I kind of thought a little bit about this because it's one of those things, right? Again, like kind of what I was talking about earlier, it makes a lot, it makes more sense if you're a little kid. Cause like, wouldn't like a little kid be like, no, I can't agree to you vampire. Yeah. Whereas you're like, evil. I think if, if you're just a little older, you're like, sure. Even if you try to kill him later. Well, same with like, even to like, to go back to the beginning, I think it's really funny. Like whenever you guys were like a teenager and trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. lose your virginity. Wouldn't it have taken like a full bloodbath outside to really distract you? I mean, oh yeah, just like you know, like well, it did. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Don't think so, because well, there's also the, the the idea of like you're you're really aggressively trying to catch something, and then when you catch it, you don't know what to do, and mm. you're like, oh, I'm gonna go over here. You know, it's like and I'm not saying that's so the that's... case with Charlie, but that is something that I, I remember as a young man being like. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, and then Can I, always being like, go ahead. I just wanted to chime in on that. That that scene, you know, Charlie is like when she's finally ready. He mm-hmm. he's he's kind of like a dog chasing a fire truck. Doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do. Once once the look <laughs> on his face. Once she's like okay, and he's like, uh, like I related to so much because I was like, I don't know. I just yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you know. And- to go from full coercion to that is a big turnaround because yeah. he's Must very find creepy something. for a minute. Oh, look, our neighbor's got coffee yeah. moving in. You know? <laughs> oh, look over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? there, there, you know, whether it's clearly that, no, but uh, I'm not, don't know if that's the character choice there, but I, 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 I think a simple fix, a, a simple fix for, because, you know, I, you, we were all teenagers at one point and we were all trying to uh, advance our sexual knowledge. Uh, and I remember at w- my experience at that age was a lot of dry humping. I was very like, I, I was very late to the game on a lot of things. So like I was, um, in my final years of high school, uh, dating, uh, a girl that I dated for seven years and she was wonderful. But I do remember at one point, like telling her like, listen, like, I, I, I'm, I, I love you. We were saying, I love you at that point. And I did love her. I was like, I love you, but I cannot dry hump anymore. My penis is a scab right now. Like <laughs> we, we either have to figure something like we either move on to the next stuff. If you're comfortable with that, or, or we have to stop this. I don't want you to think that I'm not into you, but my penis is literally like has scabs on it from all the dry humping we've doing. I need to, we we need to move on to something else. This not is full this is penetration, not full sex yeah. yet, but just the next step. And this is the reason why athleisure has blown up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. High school kids now never wear jeans. Uh-huh. They never wear slacks. No zippers. The, it's the zipper, no really. The, the zipper the really zipper. is fucking will kill yeah. you, man. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Kevin Smith has a, a um yeah. a, a very funny story about like the first time he had sex with his wife. They were dry humping so hard that he had a scab on his dick. So when he put his penis inside her and they had sex for the first time, he was like, it felt like he was sticking his dick in battery acid, like uh-huh. <laughs> you know. But but it, 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 I think there were some things that could have been done 
very simple things to make yeah. me like Charlie more. And it's as simple as like the old saying. More dry humping. Say, say, oh, more, more dry, dry humping. Yeah, more relatable dry humping. <laughs> more relatable dry humping. No, I'll um, get this guy. <laughs> I totally get it. Totally um, get it. It's the zipper. It's the zipper, right? Save the cat, sir. Save the cat. Char- I don't feel like Charlie really has a save the cat moment. In the yeah. book, we we learn about Charlie's father. And we hmm. get some sympathy okay. for him there. But like in the film, we don't know what's going on Just with his single dad. mom and the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that personally. Yeah, I do too. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like how thirsty his mom is. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's knows that. Okay. It's a man moved in next okay. door. This, this brings up something yeah. that I, that I wanted to talk about. And this connects it to our previous <laughs> episode, moms. Martin, um, uh, thirsty moms, but like, so <laughs> in Martin, right? Martin, Martin, yes. we've decided in our and the way we interpreted the film, Martin's yes. not a vampire, right? So, but a point I was trying to make is Martin is a vampire when you take away all the magic, right? And Jerry, Jerry's like the 180 of Martin, right? Or if you're watching Last Action Hero, He's a 360. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Little inside joke there. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mickey. I'm sure you got it, though, because you've seen Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, but but uh, 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 Jerry is a 180 of Martin. Mm-hmm. He is sexy. He is sophisticated. And he has the magic. He he is he is making people do what they don't want to do through his magic. He has the the glimmer. He's the glimmer man. I would love to see a Steven Seagal vampire movie. By the way, um, mm-hmm. uh, he's a scumbag though. Um, oh, but, terrible person. But you know that J- Jerry is the like. It's like how like women like you know there there have been there's a large fandom of women who find Chris Sarandon's Jerry. Very enticing. Yeah. Like, oh, oh I, women would I, I do. I would, you know, <laughs> and it's like Chris. Chris I, I yeah, would right. Like, man, like if, if, if Chris Sarandon from the eighties was coming on to me, I that would be yeah. hard. Yeah. And Mickey, Mickey, you got like a, your hair right now is very Chris Sarandon. Mickey I has I, like luscious yeah. locks. I have tried to to fashion my life after three men, and Chris Sarandon's one of them. Oh hell John yeah, John Stamos and uh, Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> no, or John Wayne. John Stamos. <laughs> John Stamos. Yes. Stamos, uh, Stamos, Chris Sarandon, and it's Chris Sarandon, and then finally Oscar Isaac. As of late, oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt like it was something beforehand. It was, there mm-hmm. was something before, though. It was either Stamos Harry Connick Jr. Stamos or, was my young. You always, you know, my brothers look just like Harry Connick Jr. And you think I look like an Hispanic Harry Connick Jr. You said <laughs> that to me. I never said that to you. Oh, maybe you I'm making said that, that up. To I'm me. rewriting history. <laughs> yeah, but no, Chris. Yeah, but Chris Sarandon. What a what a oh, what a man. looker. And, I what mean, just looker. so suave and just so. And then even like in personal life, I mean, you hear him talk about things. He's so personal, yeah. man. And, and to your point, I hear what you're saying about Martin. I I do fully understand what you were saying. Martin is a subversion of the trope that is. So prevalent in the vampire myth, or myth, which is they are sexy. They are vampires. Yeah. Are Christopher that. Lee? Man, he would like 
Fucking Ooh. bring him in, Bella Lugosi, mm. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was like, Ooh, there, Mickey, do that part. again, do that again, do that again. Ooh, He's doing good. a thing with his hands. That's really, yeah. It's like, uh, no, uh-huh. no, it's, Ooh, it's yeah, too good. Nosferatu. No, 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 no. I like Chris it. Likes it. Yeah, Chris yeah, yeah, likes yeah, yeah. it. Chris likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep, the white guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, he did the shaka. He did the shaka. <laughs> The guys, shaka. What's I'm the at the age you gotta go full fist, you know. <laughs> that isn't that the shaka. It is the shocker. 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 Is shaka different? I don't know what the hell. Like shaka Khan. Like what are you doing? Khan. Yeah, it's I don't name. know. Okay, let's move on. We don't need <laughs> yeah, to. My, we don't need to do all Well, no. My, my, I think yes. <laughs> but I guess, I guess what I guess where I'm going with it is that is that is that I yes, you're 100 right. George Romero was. Taking the vampire, what a vampire does, putting it on a on a human with mental, you know, whatever. I just mean that that's a subversion of what the vampire trope is, which is great in Martin, but you, Chris Sarandon is what is one of the most appealing things about a vampire, which is Lestat. It's it's the charm. It's the it's yeah. the way they move about the world, forever youthful, uh, confident you know so, confident. So, so i don't think we quite answered my question yet like oh, no, what we totally ran relationship <laughs> would you have formed with jerry if you were charlie and how would your fright night story have gone chris you want to go with this one first i think well like i was just gonna say like i mean i don't know about my fright night story but like the thing that obviously came across my mind in the scene like watching it again was just like i mean why not be like yep you bet it boss you know like i mean I, I forget you, you forget me. And then even if you do eventually plot to try to take them down, you at least buy yourself time and able to recoup mm-hmm. and think about it, not try to do a shitty attack whenever he's got you by the balls, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a hard one, right? I mean, I think we always want to think that in times of great strife and when put into peril, we will always act our best heroic film version of ourselves. Would we? I don't know. Never been put in a position of being around a vampire. Yeah. I would probably call uh, Dalton Wilcox uh, my favorite vampire hunter. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you um, know Andy Daly. <laughs> um, okay, so... Mickey, uh, Chris, isn't, Chris isn't in the arts like you and I, so, like, uh, well, you know, what's your answer? Well, you this, know, I, uh, I, I actually wrote down in my notes... That Jerry is what I wanted to be in life, what I aspired to. You wanted but to kill really, hookers? Yeah. But <laughs> uh, Martin. <laughs> um, but he doesn't kill he hookers. Kill hooker. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. I know. I know. I know. I know. Well, let's not get into the semantics of Sex Martin. Workers. During, Sex during, workers. Right, right, right. Sex workers. But, um, but uh, Jerry is what you know. I aspire to be. Jerry is, is what we all kind of want to be. But really, at the end of the day, in high school, I was just a Charlie. Jerry's was, paleo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he, is, he is. He's true. Yeah. An animal. Yeah, true. But 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 we're really just. I mean, I really am just a Charlie, and I actually think that that one of the things that they did capture for me, what I wrote down in my notes, was that Charlie is this plucky suburban teen, so naive that he thinks the horror host can help mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and I think there's a naivete yeah. that I had growing up in the Northeast Arkansas mm-hmm. that. You know, I kept holy water, and I thought that maybe it really could help me at some point in my life. I, you know, I kept crucifixes. I kept, you know, it's like there's a part of me that that believed in pure evil, 
And I think that if faced with a vampire, I would revert back to my most base self, which is the kid that keeps the you know stakes under his bed and goes out with his dog hunting for vampires at night. I, I do think that I would probably be that person that would that would be like, I'm doing this for for my community, for Amy, for my mom, you know. So I do see that. Now, does that is that fully what comes across in this, Charlie? No, but this is my story. Yeah, that's what I'm... And, yeah. and, and, and in my Fright Night, I would be... I'd have a bathtub full of holy water. I'd have... <laughs> actually, a gar- full of garlic and water. <laughs> ready to fight. Never do find out if uh, garlic works in this vampire world. It doesn't. Fright Night. It doesn't? It doesn't. He's How got it know? all over his room. Does he really? Uh, I oh, wait, think not, after, not after Jerry attacks him, though, right? No, it's it's uh um wait a second. Cuz he no, goes because he's got garlic. You, you know what? But I might it Jerry... might be the book. It might be the book permeating okay. the, the garlic doesn't do anything okay. to the vampire. Well, I was going to say he you know he is drinking a bloody mary whenever he mm. goes over to Charlie's yeah. house That's which a lot heavy of garlic. have yeah. garlic in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now is it a bloody mary or is it a blood e mary? Like he brought his own, <laughs> or is it just? It could be fruit juice. V eight. Yeah, you're right. He loves his fruits. Did uh, I came Tomatoes across a fruit? I came across a Chris Sarandon thing. I don't know if you guys came across it. That in his like thing was that uh, uh, yes, Jerry yeah. eats fruit because yeah. he's a fruit, he's bats, a fruit bat, and yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he, and he distinctly that. eats an apple after he like drinks blood to like cleanse mm-hmm. his palate. I was yeah. like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool stuff. That's, that's great. So that's great. literally for for you listeners out there and for you two, if you don't know this, like eating an apple after a meal is a very good thing to eat after a meal because it like apples are one of the things that like apples and heart cheeses are good to eat because they kind of like move the debris of what you've eaten from your mm-hmm. mouth. So if you like eat an apple and then swish oh. your mouth with water, it's very healthy for your teeth. And you know, it's also the- delicious. And you and should. the way in which he eats the apple, I just want to uh-huh. yeah. note, is like the coolest apple eating I think yep. I've seen on screen. The I can't think of a better apple fruit eating. Eat, like he puts Brad Pitt to shame with yeah. how he eats his fruit, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, he also brought um, his the the connection of like um, of Amy looking like his past love. Mm-hmm. That's in the yeah. book too. That was his like idea. Part, part of his curse. Is that mm-hmm. he continually meets the reincarnation mm-hmm. of his love's soul, like, mm-hmm. and he's doomed to not be with her always. Well, do you but think that it... works? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you think that works in the film? No, like, I, I, I think it works in the con- like not that full idea, but this, this, this concept that like it humanitizes him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. like I just, I get a Gives flavor of his, Gives him I give a flavor of his point of view, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because he could have, I mean, really honestly in this story, he could have any woman. It wouldn't be hard for him to go pick up a girl at a nightclub uh, or use his powers in any way, but it's specifically with Amy. And I, I believe that does take directly from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Cause wouldn't Dracula is the same mm-hmm. situation. So I, I think it tracks trope wise of paying homage even though it wasn't tom holland's idea it still hits all those points of of homage i guess like for me at least like it comes across but i don't know if it really works because i feel like it's teased out you get it 
but then like you know in the end of the day he's using her still as bait for charlie mm-hmm. and for peter vincent that's which yeah. yeah the whole idea is that you know he thinks that she can right. kill him but at the same time though i feel like that that stands a bit in contrast with yeah. the idea of that whole lost love and not be you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's that's the issue like some of the story issues i have with the mm-hmm. film is like i feel like act two is kind of slow and then act three happens really quickly what's your fright night story michelangelo yeah what's your what's yours? my fright night my fright night story i gotta tell you i think i would toe the line with jerry a little more mm-hmm. i would like mm-hmm. oh, maybe yeah. want to get I to know him this would definitely be more of like a independent uh a darker film you know what i mean because yeah. it's like yeah. Cause like I, I would be very intrigued with like getting involved with Jerry and like becoming like maybe taking over for Billy for a while. I was about to say that. I could see it being a film about Billy's jealousy Um, of your relationship. I do work as a personal assistant. Um, uh, um, uh, like it's interesting, but like trying to wrap your head around like, you know, it's it's not like Jerry kill. It's not like Jerry's like a Dexter type character where he's killing like yeah. criminals. That's that's how I always kind of saw like 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 I've always thought about like if I was a vampire, that'd be cool. And like what 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 would I what what kind of vampire would I be? You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, you know, you just kill bad people. Yeah, you know, but it's that, still wrong. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I still see it like it's 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 uh. It's, it's it's absolute justice or whatever. It's terrible. But like, you know, fucking. You know, the thing about that, too, right, is like the people that you hate, right, that are like bad people, you're also eating them. Yeah, I've thought about yeah. this. It's like, Consuming is that bad? That. Like, like, do you get like, like, I wonder in the world, it's like, do you do you end up consuming their essence and that affects you? Or is it literally mm. they're just it's just fuel? It's just well, life. It's just blood. It doesn't matter who the individual is, but like that would be an interesting thing because then it's like, well, when you eat somebody bad, it fucking sucks. You kind of become a dick so that you kind of have to kill good people if you want to consume if you want good to live blood, yeah. a good life as a vampire. You know, well, I've, always, I've also wondered, you know, like. The um. So first of all, just as a vampire in general, you're conditioned to to live with your illness, right? So it's like you are going to accept that the only way for you to survive without constant pain is by killing somebody and consuming their blood. Well, now, it's, it's, you, you can look at it as an illness. You know, you can look at it in many different ways, but okay, yeah. in, in this yeah, aspect, no, point, you're looking point. at yeah, it as, yeah. as, 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 just as an it illness. As, as, as an affliction. I, I see it as an affliction. Um, not as a as a because like, you're typically you know, not born with it, right? It's right. something that's given to you through you're a very typically intimate not act, by, and typically not by choice. In most of the vampire yeah. tropes, it's that's just something that's, that's Jerry's like, I'm going to give you a choice that I don't have. I thought yeah. that was very effective, yeah, I like right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I'm going to give yeah. you a choice. I don't have this choice. Right. I didn't have well, this choice. Yeah, it, it it's so so you're conditioned to to be okay with the fact that this is who you are. You have to do this in the same sense that we have to go out and pull you know roots from the ground and consume those things and we have to you know this is just a condition we don't have to but yes but if some you people do, do. You... I, I i'm a person who was uh, a vegan for a full year and um i did it 
Oh boy, really we well. Uh, I did it. <laughs> Chris knows. I went, we would go hiking. And I'd just be farting the whole time. I did it. Just, I ate. Oh yeah. I ate. I ate vegetable. Uh, it wasn't like I ate fake meats and stuff like that. Like I ate vegetables and 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 uh, legumes and like I did not run. Like genetically, I'm not made to be a vegan. I really I, do need animal I, products in my diet. But I okay. I, 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 did, I did. I did vegan for a minute too, and and I will tell you, I not only do I no, I didn't meat. do it for a minute. I did it for a year. I just want to get that out of the way, um, listener. You know, maybe not I a did, minute. Maybe I was a yeah. vegan. Maybe I wasn't. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. There's, there's, <laughs> not, okay, and, 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 there's and also there's it's not, it's not like a like a like a level of when it's actually really being a vegan and not really being a vegan. I no, I, I, like, I committed to it for months, and I and I and I did it. And I would say about half a year was probably where I think I got to. Okay, but, six months. Yeah, but but I. Also, during that period, was doing a lot of reading, and I not only consume meat, but I believe in like if you're going to consume it, you need to get your hands dirty on it. Mm-hmm. So I will actually go and hunt, and and that's a condition. You created well, a sexual like, relationship with these animals. You seduced them. I seduced them. Gave them the glimmer. Hypnotized and then them. Then you danced <laughs> with them with some sweet eighties music. <laughs> and then, yeah. I, and and then, then had to dance with a mirror, and like you you weren't there, and then you it's were so there, elaborate. and it's you so weren't elaborate. there. It's yeah, very poor deer. It's very weird. But your wife stuck by you the whole time. The whole time. She had saint. no problem with it. Um. So. So anyway, <laughs> back to this whole thing. It's hard to finish a thought with us, right? <laughs> you're, you're consuming blood, and I do think that 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 somebody like Chris Sarandon, probably there is a thing of like I'm not just going to consume the blood of bad people who don't take care of their bodies it's like he is probably in that level of like i want to have good food and produce i want to know where my food comes from i want to know so i think that that, there is that element it would be really and the one's a sex worker though right yeah one for sure that that can also in some ways be a lot cleaner than somebody you're gonna pick up in a bar fair well, because really? there are yeah, there are people that don't get Smart. paid and don't yeah, watch themselves and get tested and all that stuff that still sleep with that many people. Do unsafe. Uh sex workers from the eighties get tested. I mean, the AIDS pandemic's already yet yeah, come and gone at that point. I wonder point. if not, the not AIDS gone, uh, gone, uh, not, not gone, not, I wonder not, if not, 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 like, oh, this person has AIDS. I don't want that blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder. I don't. I don't know. Thing. I mean, that's not been something that's been written in that I know of in any film that I've ever seen. But I'm sure it's a concern, just the same way with us and like Glisteria and stuff. Real quick, uh, I wish I could remember it, but like, there's always this like really bad comedy vampire film from the '80s that was on Comedy Central when I was a kid, and they did something in it that I'd never. I've always wondered, like, how come they never touch it on the vampire films, which is like the whole thing was like, oh, yeah, you're a vampire and you'd have to, like, you know, get blood. But you can just get a blood from a butcher shop. Oh, you're you're my uh, is it is that my best friend's a vampire? Yeah, yes, that's it. That's yes. it. Yep, 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 I yep, recently yep. rewatched that. No, no really? I and I also that. watched it as a kid. I love uh-huh. it. It's great. Really? It's a very it's 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 like a teenage comedy version of a vampire film. Okay. It's fun. Oh. It's got the guy who is um he was on house. Uh you know, Which he's opposite he's opposite house. He's he's the uh oh, you know the if, show if house, house, if house, house yeah. If house is uh Sherlock Holmes, uh, uh yeah, he is, I know what you're um, talking about. What's well, his, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this right now. Who who's the guy who writes the books in the stories? Sure, Sir Conan Arthur Doyle. 
No, no, no. The, the, in the stories, uh, it, it's um, Sherlock Holmes, but his, his partner, Watson. he's the guy. Watson, Watson. Sorry. I can't believe yeah. I forgot Watson, but he plays, he's essentially Watson in house. Yeah. But, but in, in the books, as I believe, as I believe the books to be written, the books are always written from the perspective of Watson. Okay. He's okay. the one narrating the stories. Yeah. He, yeah. But the point though, is just that like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's never really touched on in vampire films of like, yeah, sure. You're hunting humans. Could you live off of animal pig's blood, fresh killed blood, blood, pig blood? That's where he goes. Yeah, he gets he blood drinks pig's blood. Yeah, yeah. Could it be cow rat, blood? Rat, Could it be chicken blood? blood? Rat's blood. blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, a little Brad Pitt action there for yeah, you. Yeah, rat's uh -huh. blood. I, I had a I had a movie idea years ago where it was like um, a community of vampires that don't want to be bad. They live off a blood bank, and that's why there's always shortages, and they're constantly calling people for blood. Is because it's just vampires that are trying to go the straight and narrow. Active donators, yeah. And yeah. Twilight, you got the the essentially the vegan vampires. They eat like deer. Yeah, is that is that really what they do in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they uh. do. Like that's the Edwards family. They like they oh, like. We're, we're, hold, 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 Michelangelo's about to really geek out. Go ahead. What team are you on? Is it Team Edward? Team what? What team are you on? Oh, I'm not on any team. Okay. Okay, so you chose your to be team, teamless. Your team, former vegan. All, you want to hear all about lives my matter. Vegan lives? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, no. Okay. Well, to be fair, if you guys want to start making... <laughs> we just got canceled. Somewhere. If you want to start we really got... making money on this podcast, time to hard turn Oh, right. yeah, we really go. We take a hard line down a certain direction. Um. Well, we talked about hunting. We're good with hunting. Uh-huh. We're we can, we can all do you, do you guys have a foundation with how hammer horror films? I've never built a house on it, but I've seen a few. Yeah. I like hammer horror. I've watched quite a few hammer horrors. They are not my favorite. Mm, like there are people agreed. who like really love it. And it's like, that's their preferred horror. Yeah. For me, it's like they're good, and I certainly like, you know, um, I mean Christopher Lee. I mean, you know, it's like I love Peter Cushing. Peter mm -hmm. Cushing. I mean, Peter you know, Vincent. Yeah, yeah supposedly no, not, right. Vincent Price, Peter Cushing. Vincent Price. Yeah. 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 Can you do your Vincent Price for us, Michelangelo? Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's pretty it's good. It's terrible. pretty good. No, it's it was pretty terrible. good that one time it's, when we did. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta. I I didn't work on it. I'm a person. But, I can do some. I can do okay. some impersonations if I have some practice. But here, okay, here here it goes. Hello, I'm Vincent Price. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> wow. It's like it's like I'm in the room. Wow. He came back from the grave somehow. You yeah. fool! You you fool! That isn't. No, that's terrible. That I <laughs> god damn it! I gotta work. Like, I gotta, you gotta no, give me warning. But but that was Vincent Price doing Vincent Price and Scooby Doo. That was pretty good. <laughs> ah. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of hides himself. See. It's like we're not even close, Mickey. But... No, don't, don't. Never mind. Cutting this out. Cutting this out. No, no, keep it. Yeah, Mickey, keep it in. You know. Vincent Price, he's very hard to do, you know. Chris, you do Vincent Price. Uh, I don't even that know. Was really, that, that, that was good. That was good. Do you think that Vincent Price uh, pitched the game show Price is Right? 
to be all about him and, <laughs> and then in right. direction. it's like it's like he asks questions they answer he goes wrong it's actually <laughs> wrong <Yeah. laughs> no um you know he was initially that's who they wanted to be yeah yeah, yeah. he was uh, a little too sick a little too mm-hmm. sick at the time and uh, yep. but um great call. Uh, interesting fact interesting fact take what you will from this but tom holland did meet vincent price and his wife on the sh- at, at Roddy McDowell's dinner night on a Wednesday night, which I thought that's pretty interesting because I feel like maybe Vincent Price was showing up. Oh, a probably lot both nights. at Roddy McDowell's. That's all I'm he saying. Probably attended both nights. Yeah, both nights. Yes, we we we're, we're not. This isn't even. You're this is sh- getting closer. <laughs> this no, is I don't know. good. What are you talking about? This right, is gold. I to go think back. we should talk <laughs> like this for the rest of it. Vincent Price. <laughs> He's up here. <laughs> That's not Vincent Price. At Vincent all. Price, the hawk. What is that? Yeah, that was more. I was getting closer back to Evil Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, who? Uh, speaking of Vincent, uh, of Peter Vincent, um, mm-hmm. who was your Peter Vincent? Chris, I f- kind of feel like I know the answer to this already. But who was your Peter Vincent growing up? Who was my oh your horror host. The, the horror host? It would be Joe Bob. Oh, yeah, Joe Bob for sure. Mickey. Yeah. No, but that being said, though, I did enjoy watching. Um, oh, fuck. I can't remember. Uh, local Kansas City. It wasn't always horror films, but TV 62 in Kansas City on Saturday nights. It was a guy who had a car dealership who would host like. Yeah, really he, he, horror films. he did. But he did skits. It'd be like yeah, him wearing like, like jungle gear and like a blow yeah. python around his shoulder yeah. for like you know some jungle film it was cheesy as hell i remember him i chris and i both grew up in the same region and like yeah he he was a he was a guy who owned a car dealership and he would like mm-hmm. he, he often did like an indiana jones-esque type of thing is yeah. how i remember him but yeah it, yeah uh, it ran the gambit of like action to yeah. like horror films yeah brilliant brilliant way to like promote your dealership back then mm-hmm. you know if i had if i had been in the age to buy a car and had money i would have gone to him and just given him whatever he wanted <laughs> okay <laughs> he's my jerry is what i'm saying he's my jerry <laughs> wow we found was, it. So, listener, think of like an older man with like you know salt and pepper slick back hair and kind of that like eighties horn rim glasses that were kind of squared off, and he'd be like, "Hey there, tonight we're going to be talking about." Like... Wow, that's that's <laughs> he's my Jerry Dandridge. I really I wanted that. to have sex with him. Yeah, um, Mickey. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on that the... note. So I, I I have three. Joe Bob Briggs was my was my first horror host because I grew up in like small town suburb the local tv station didn't have a horror host or a late night horror show they had infomercials so for me it was joe bob briggs and monster vision then after discovering elvira she became kind of like my my like pop creme de la creme of what a horror host is because of her wit more than anything uh that's all i noticed as a teenage boy was just her wit just her wit and I then, beautiful <laughs> bouncing wits. <laughs> and then, and then when I my, when I moved to Pittsburgh as an adult, I I worked at a TV or actually a radio slash TV station, uh, KDKA for those who don't know it. And there is a a classic, one of the all time American greats, which is Chili Billy in his Chiller Theater. And Chili I don't Billy, know this. well, Chili Billy was in the movie Night of the Living Dead. 
Really? He, yep. Um, his 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 daughter is the star of of uh, Day of the Dead. Oh. Yeah, but Chili Billy and his Chiller Theater is so great because he plays it like a 1970s game host who just happens to be friends with all these monsters. Nice. So he comes he's, he's like. Hey guys, it's me, Chili Billy, back on the Chiller Theater. Don't worry, we got a great one for you. And they'd bring out all of his different guests that would be like a vampire type and a and a Frankenstein type. And they would he'd have some like witty banter with them, and they go into the film. And uh, but he was so essential in Night of the Living Dead, getting out, and just like what he did for George Romero and all those guys that that I would be remiss to not mention him as we talk about horror hosts. So. My 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 ex, my first experience was Joe Bob. My creme de la creme is Elvira, but Chili Billy is should be known in the lexicon of great horror hosts. Um, I also um, had uh, Joe Bob. I mean, I still talk about him all the time. I watch. I subscribe to Shutter just for the last drive in with Joe Bob. Um, but my second exposure and. Who, when I lived in Chicago, I would like, I was like, I got to get home because mm-hmm. Ben Gooley is on tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Me TV, Sven Gooley, yeah. mm-hmm. love him. And then, He's of a course, classic too. Yeah. once I discovered Elvira in her wits, <laughs> I uh, love Elvira. Uh, I, I love I love her. Like, Sandra yeah. Peterson's incredible. Yeah, she's fantastic. Did any of you guys have a TV in your room growing up? Uh, Yeah. And like when I was like 16, it was like one of those like, you know, 12 inch color TVs with a rabbit antenna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mickey. I got my first TV in my room when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. It's about the same age for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was because I bought, I bought my TV around that oh, same age too. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I got mine because it just happened when I hit eighth grade, the final sibling had moved out. So it was like I adopted all the stuff around the house mm-hmm. they left behind. Yeah. So my room became like Damn. it was like all of a sudden I was like Ferris Bueller, man. I had like a I had like an old yeah. compact Presario. I had a TV. Uh-huh. I had posters yep. of Led Zeppelin and, and Guns N' Roses. I had a witness photo of a uh, poster. Harrison Ford witness. Witness? And a Paul McCartney wings fo- uh, poster your, as well. From your sister? No, for my parents. It was like my parents' poster. Your parents <laughs> passed down a witness and a Wings poster to you? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I found them and they were like, oh yeah, I guess we bought that when we were, they got married when they were like, you know, 18 and like 20. It was I didn't have any money wings. for posters of like my generation, so I was like, it's a poster, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a, I had a Zenith TV that was color with the antenna and it was like no remote. You had to like press the four uh-huh. buttons I on feel the like TV. I so sad for you that you like, you inherited <laughs> Harrison Ford, like face on the poster of witness. Yeah. I inherited like Alyssa Milano. I inherited oh, like, my older brothers had the good stuff. They had the good mm. stuff. They had the goods. I don't know. Harrison Ford's got that uh, the hat. No man, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Harrison yeah, Ford's yeah. pretty sexy. He's on par with pretty Harry Dandridge guy. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. He deflowers an Amish woman. So does he? No, really? he doesn't. Do, he, he doesn't deflower her. But he, yeah, I think he hooks up with her. 
I do she was, she's that. divorced. She's divorced. Her husband died or something like that. And the bad guy, the long haired bad guy from Die Hard is in that movie yeah. as like, I don't trust this guy who's not Amish. He gets picked you know? on by the tourist, right? The Russian ballet dancer. Was he a Russian ballet dancer? Yeah. Really? That makes That's sense. like the big thing. Like he's 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 a beautiful artist of dance and movement that was like picked to be the bad you know, the heel in a bunch of like action movies in America. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, so soundtrack. Hell yeah. Yeah. All the way. Chris. It rules. Uh, between, uh, Brad Fidel is amazing. Mm-hmm, synthesizer mm-hmm. score. The score yep, yep, yep. of this yeah. film is so freaking good. It mm-hmm. is sexy. It's a little scary. It's man. It's yep. perfect. You got fantastic songs by Sparks, Devo. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Spark, is that Aud- Sparks brother? Brothers? Or no? They just go by Sparks. Okay. They're not Sparks, brothers. Yeah. They're not technically related, right? Are they really? Well, there, there is Sparks Brothers, right? Isn't that well, something different, maybe? I mean, I, I've watched the documentary, and I, I do believe they are brothers, uh, yes. Ed- Edgar are they Wright, actually related? Right? Okay. Yeah, but Edgar Wright, yeah. I haven't yeah, watched yeah. it. This, is this it good? Sparks Brothers. I didn't realize. It's, I didn't realize they were on this. It's it's really good. It's re- it's really good actually. And there's a song called "Dicking Around" that I put on daily for Molly because I'm like because <laughs> like whenever I'm because because whenever I'm doing stuff, she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, uh, "I'll just do it in song." And I was like, "All day long, I'm dicking around, nothing to do, just a dicking around." It's a great song. Anyway, Molly is the voice of the podcast. By yeah. the way, for for those of you who don't know, and also she's the one that looks at me and is like, you know, you have to work and make money, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just want to dick around instead. Hmm. But uh, and, yeah, no, and, so... and, and for the listener who doesn't know, by the way, Mickey is a badass. He has his military career. Yeah. He has his acting career, and he has his like uh um, dicking around he, career, dicking around career, which Thanks. is like a like a production company, which is very like. Like, it's not easy. You bust your ass. You're not dicking around, dude. I just wanted to say, Mickey does. Mickey, Mickey. This is dicking around. This the 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 video store is dicking around. <laughs> Mickey I'm has saying, many careers. He he's a, he's a Renaissance uh, man. He's a Renaissance man. Go back to the soundtrack. Thank you for but, that, Michelangelo. It always makes me uncomfortable. Continue. Yeah. Whenever I compliment Mickey, he gets very uncomfortable, and I get an, an erection <laughs> I from think, it. I think it's true for all three of us. N- yeah. None of us are like compliments. Well, maybe you, Michelangelo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! You son of a bitch! But no, just real quick, soundtrack. It's actually like, if you... The scene in the club is practically like the majority of the soundtrack. It's all condensed down. So it's like little clips. So like the first yep. song in the in the club is Armies of the Night by Sparks. Goes into Ian Hunter's Good Man, which is this like really cheesy 80s rock song that's great. That Bad Time by Evelyn King. Or no, actually, yeah. Then Evelyn King's Give It Up. And finally, Autographs, You Can't Hide. You Can't Run. You Can't Hide. It's <laughs> great. Pretty fantastic. But yeah. yeah, no, the soundtrack's awesome. It's out there. I highly recommend it. Perfect example of the 80s soundtracks. Agreed 100. 100 agreed 100%. Yeah. And did, um, did you guys, do you guys know of or have you seen the uh, documentary? You're so cool, Brewster. The story so of Bright cool, Night. Brewster. 
<laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. Both did now, pretty good. Now yeah. do it as Vincent Price. Oh, here you go. You're so cool, Brewster. I can't can't do Vincent Price right now. <laughs> not like, not, not terrible. Not terrible. Don't beat yourself up on that. That was not bad. If we were doing a Vincent Price film right now, both of us I think would be pretty pretty solid at, at capturing the essence of that voice because he has oh, such a unique absolutely. Mm-hmm absolutely you, you gotta have input yeah like yeah yeah I haven't listened to Vincent Price in, in months maybe a year get your shit together yeah that's all I have to say um, no I've not seen the documentary um, it's it's a two-parter I've only seen the first part because I actually haven't seen this and this brings us to um, sequels and remakes before we finish I have, out i have seen the sequel i have not i have not seen, i've I've always seen the wanted remake. to see it i know the okay. guy who's the bad guy in cobra is in it mm-hmm. yeah i saw the cast list the, actually uh, the, i was like i didn't female, know he was in anything else the female jerry in the second movie is like at the time when i watched it it was like oh that's cool but i think kind of like looking back at it now i'm like that was fucking badass that that more than anything speaks to a modern viewing than the original film does. It's actually I gotta check uh, it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it it centers. Yeah, it's, it's the, the the sequel is is about <clears throat> essentially the Jerry character is um, I can't remember what the name of the female is, but she's she's got all that swagger, and they're in like metropolitan New York City, I believe, and it's. And there are a lot of different types of monsters involved in it as well, not just the vampire. So it kind of like gets into like, it makes the world bigger. It's pretty cool. I, I would have liked to have seen Tom Holland's um, cinematic universe of the monster, of like what Hammer did with yeah. the <sighs> universal monsters, right? I would right. have liked to have seen what Tom Holland would have done with like that sort of like genuine affection and sincerity love and care mm-hmm. put into these films uh but with with humor w- like very approachable not hardcore horror films like what he would have done with all the monsters you know that, that would have been interesting to, you know as he kind I mean, of I, moving on to a lot of different projects and like you know he was dabbling well, he was in a lot Chucky. of areas yeah, so Chucky yeah, going. Yeah. yeah, Child's Play going on. So that 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 canceled out Tom Holland and and Chris Sarandon, and you know there were you know Ed, Evil Ed was supposed to come back, uh, but he wanted to star in uh, mm-hmm. Robert England's Nine Seven Six Evil, um, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, uh, Amy's character uh, was supposed to come back, but you know the that actress uh, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Went on to great success for a decade yeah. with Married with Children. Um, you know, uh, it's so interesting. Re- oh, go ahead. I just I've always written off the sequel because I was like I I'm, I I love the original so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to like like taint the original with like this shitty sequel. But like I've seen the original so many times. You know what I mean? It's like maybe yeah. maybe I should give this a shot. You know? Yeah, I think and, so. I I, th- I think I think that you will be pleasantly surprised that it's not as as crappy as maybe sequels tend to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, and, and I, I just looked it up. Julie Carmen, who plays Regine Dandridge, is pretty is pretty freaking amazing. And did you? It's a pretty interesting story because so Roddy McDowell was all behind like a Fright Night three, and then, um, the guy who ran the company, the film company that was like 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 produced Fright Night two. His two sons killed him and his wife. Oh shit! They, like, murdered them. Like, and they have a name that's very similar to the Menendez, but it's not oh, the Menendez. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's very weird. I was looking it up. I'm like, this is this actually true? I don't know if it's true. This is huh. Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's true. Um, uh, but that happened, and it put like that affected Fright Night two. And then that affected the eventual like Fright Night three that was going to happen. Um, well, are you so, aware yeah. that the that the director of um, and this is stuff I'm just coming to right now because I, I looked it up, but um, that Tommy Lee Wallace directed Fright Night two, and you might know him from It, the TV miniseries. Yeah, directed that. Yeah, you yeah, kind of awesome. And then he also directed a little known film called Halloween three, season of the witch. I love. I know, I know. Maybe maybe that'll come up later. Yeah, all I'm saying year. is, we'll find is that, out. Is that the It TV miniseries played a big role in my childhood, as well as you know Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, latter latter in my life. But my point being is that I think a Tommy Lee Wallace film is is worthy of watching, and written still by Tom Holland, and uh, really good, really good, uh, like lead female antagonist. So, yeah. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jerry, when he drinks the vial of holy water, that's pretty bold, right? I think for him to feels, trust yeah, yeah. for him to trust that this Peter Vincent really like that this is not holy water. You know, he looks he he, he kind of takes it and he looks like it uh, over the the fire kind of looks yeah. at it and he's like i wonder if he's using his vampire senses to somehow figure out like okay i know he's not lying i know peter vincent's not lying and i can kind of see what's going on with this water so i'm going to drink it but like had that been holy water I, right that would have really <clears throat> fucked him up that was that was very bold of jerry I, to do and and obviously this is my own like i'm adding all this in subtextually but but i also kind of felt like it's one of those things where it's like this is not his first rodeo and he's mm-hmm, been yeah. around these snake like oil salesmen for oh, like a couple centuries where one pops up and they're like, yes, I kill vampires, you know, and yes, I can do this. And I am, you know, I can exercise ghosts out of people. And he's like, I know the routine. So I know this guy is, and maybe it is his, his senses whether they are senses that he's ad- adopted over the years of being faced with this or it's senses that are heightened because he's a vampire, but he can see in this guy when he shows up, he's like, this is not a threat to me. This person is cowardly and weak. And if he says it's not holy water, it's not holy water. And regardless, I'd destroy this person in an instant anyway. I feel like it's reiterated. I feel like in a lot of different actions though, that like, uh, Jerry has a lot of hubris from that, like being around the block as a vampire for so long that I think that to that point, right? Like 
you know, kind of the, the club scene, right. You know, uh, Charlie says the thing about something about killing him. He's like, I don't want to kill you. I want you to get, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Vincent and come to my house because it's almost like the role of those people, right? Like the fake vampire hunter or the snake oil salesman are almost like an insult to him. And so he wants to destroy all of them because it's like the hubris. He has such high hubris and he's insulted by their mere presence. And so I think that like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a foolish move a bit. It's like a needless uh, risk taking. But I think that's also who that character is a bit that just like, you know, uh, the safety precautions have fallen off because it's been hundreds, thousands of years, whatever. This. The the house the neighborhood like the whole the whole opening of this film like the columbia pictures the old columbia pictures like title card thing and then like the the neighborhood like i want to live in that neighborhood i want to take moonlit <laughs> you, uh nightly do you walks know the other, there do you know the other film that was shot on that particular lot in that neighborhood well it's a disney lot but do you know what other movie was shot there a movie i think that you have a strong like love for uh, the Burbs, right? The Burbs, yeah. yeah. There's uh-huh. a lot of classic stuff shot there, but like the bur- the Burbs, we'll be talking about at some point. Yeah, on oh, this yeah. podcast, love the Burbs. burbs. I fucking awesome. love the Burbs. Love so the Burbs. Um, but like, oh god, I love this the neighborhood that they create <laughs> that you know that street. Um, uh-huh. What a great matte painting, by the way. That like this is shot in Culver City. I've been there many times and like that there's humble like brag. a there's like this beautiful uh-huh. there's this beautiful <laughs> yeah humble brag. There's were you a, a beautiful vegan while you were there too? I mean no. Culver City <laughs> that's only for like big A-list actors, right? I mean that's yeah. like yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty cool actors who, who, who would be there. Um, um but like that's a matte painting when they're doing like a, during the daytime, they're doing that in the nighttime, they're doing that shot. It's like mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the street like uh there is a portion of that shot that's a matte painting of like suburbia because in the in the background it's like downtown LA you know yeah incredible uh i think you touch base on it but the special effects in this film is great considering the time the practical effects are wonderful uh and then i don't know if you've read about too but it was like hell on the actors yeah like fucking uh, evil ed had to go through uh His eighteen hours, amazed eighteen hours. He was like, "They gave me a pill. I don't (laughs) remember a lot of it, like, but I do remember that it was like fucking awful." They 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 were gonna put foam in his mouth. Have you you read this? That they were gonna put foam Mm -hmm. in Evil Ed's mouth, and instead they gave him the prosthetic glue and didn't realize it, and he was gluing his mouth shut. Oh Mm -hmm. god! While it was in his mouth, frightening. And yeah, yeah. And then there was also the story, and this kind of goes back to um. Um, uh, Christopher Sarandon, but they he gone through like the whole makeup chair, spent the whole day in it, and they were getting into this like you know period of time where you're going to be paying so much overtime for your actors and your crew that you just don't really want to ever get there as a you know production. And he came out and they're like, "Sorry, we cannot shoot this scene now." He'd been in the chair all day, and he goes, I "said Okay, I'm going to go take myself off. Thank you." And uh, uh, Charlie, the actor who plays Charlie, was like in that moment I was like how can this person be so cool to have sat in the chair all day and just been okay with this I thought that was really telling of of uh Christopher Sarandon 
poor poor uh william ragsdale like he injured himself on the set his ankle yeah like broke it and like as a result like uh, if you watch you're so cool brewster the story of fright night he talks about um there was like a producer who would show up as a result of that and like just like be whispering to him hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars that's what that's what this is costing right now really yeah i i i had heard and and i didn't know that story that story is crazy but I had heard that they were pretty much left to their own devices for the film. They were. Yeah. So like they it was like the last thing on the slate for like Got Columbia it. that year, right? And they were, which allowed okay. them to create this unique thing that they were able to make. Mm-hmm. They they were thinking perfect was going to be the John Travolta Jamie Lee Curtis thing was <laughs> going to be like the thing, right? That does have the best <laughs> memes of any. Oh, great. oh yeah, we, we, Mickey and I do them back and forth to each other all the time, <laughs> all day long. Um, all day none long. of Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. all of John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, all, oh yeah, all John Travolta. Um, um, but uh, uh, that was like a situation where it's like he broke his ankle, so it was caught. I mean, like literally, like film productions are like so expensive. And when you hold something up, it costs a lot of money. So it's like, sure. like sure. W- literally was costing like that much money mm-hmm. per extra day yeah. that they, yeah. they had to mm-hmm. drag this on, you know, but it's also like a really dick move to do to somebody who's like oh, a yeah. young actor. And like, he hurt it, 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 it also, like, he it also honestly made hurt back himself. its money. So it's like this, this movie mm-hmm. made money. Oh, like, like crazy made back mm-hmm. its money. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. Yeah. Um, so speaking of money, okay, the video yeah. store, who are we going to recommend this movie to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to make walks that. in so that, that we that can make me. this kind of money. Chris is really doing like a very genuine smile on that joke. Uh-huh. I gotta, I'm going to lick uh, your face. What? <laughs> well, again, uh, stop it, you two. You two, stop it. <laughs> oh, man. I would... I would recommend this film to almost anyone and everyone. I Uh, I I love this film. It's so much fun. I think, especially I think uh, again on a rewatch when it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit of time since I've seen it all the way. It's one of those things like you know you see bits and pieces, but to see it from top to bottom, there's so much. And I mean on rewatch too, Amanda Burse is so good. Oh, As yeah. yeah, I love She's that great. little. They do that great cut, uh, cut of him being like uh, William Ragsdale being like, you know, like it's a vampire to his mom and her going, What? And it cuts to Amanda Burst going, What? And then she does this little, like, Is this just a story that you're making up to get back with me? <laughs> I loved it. It was so sharp. That when, little when... bit that she had. When yeah. she's like, I, I was gonna make love to you. Uh-huh. Oh, hi, Mrs. Brewster. <laughs> yes. you know, you know, it's just like she's, uh, you know, Charlie, I'm ready. You know, like, mm-hmm. like she's, uh, yeah, she's great. I mean, she's, she's had a fantastic career, but it's quite honestly, in, in rewatching this, it's a shame that she didn't get more opportunities to be a it's a lead in things. The 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 double edged sword of like getting cast in a television show. She like, mm-hmm. yeah. She got cast no, as this like uptight and also, yep, neighbor. How they in a, did in a, Marcy Darcy. Yep. 
Yeah. And it's like, that's who she was known as for the rest of her career. And it was like, it gave her a decade of great work. Yep. But it also like typecasted her as the, as the annoying marm. Yeah. The, the annoying, like, you know, Karen before there was a Karen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? Really? And and it's like, she's so much more than that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this movie, like, she credits this. She was like, Hey, you know, like Hollywood lands a crazy place. And like, I had a, a relatively good time considering she, and like considering a lot yeah, of that yeah. has to do because of this, of, of this film. Mm-hmm. And I will also tell you, if, if you go back and you watch Mary with children, her comedic beats are mm. as good as anybody's on that show. She, mm. she nails the comedy. She knows the show she's in. She's playing everything. Like she's, you can't have that show without her. She uh, directed like 30 some odd episodes too. I did not know that. Yeah. That kind wow. of, it kind of sucks, right? Cause that show typecaster, but it also helped launch her career then behind the camera. So it's kind That's of, awesome. uh, yeah. again, yeah. two, two streets to it, but well, I mean, getting to, back to, to it, any success in this career is tough. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, yeah, she's, she's done well, but she uh, deserves it. Hell yeah. Also, too, real quick, uh, did you guys know Jonathan Stark, who plays Billy Cole? Did you look up his career? I have not. It is really interesting. Like, he wrote on a lot of sitcoms. He wrote the infamous Ellen DeGeneres coming out episode <gasps> on Ellen. Really? And he was the show a creator. man wrote the coming out episode for Ellen? Well, I'm sure it was a team, but he's credited as okay. being the, okay. you know what I mean, the head wow. writer for it. Uh, wrote on like Murphy Brown, a handful oh, of sitcoms. Yeah. According and to he, Jim, yeah. He created according to Jim, yeah. Which wow. Michelangelo, you've always said that uh, Jim's your favorite Belushi, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I have had, I have had dinner with Jim Belushi. He was fantastic. He was entertaining. It was, it was very nice. Uh, Mickey, who do you recommend to? Well, I don't think Chris finished what he was saying. Okay. <laughs> God's <laughs> such a I'm trying to fucking wrap so, this up, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I was just going to say, yeah, it, it, I would say this though. It, it's interesting, right? And like Mickey, maybe this is a good question for you with having a 14 year old son. I'm curious, like, so this was huge to me being, you know, a teenager, early teenager, late teenager, and kind of coming not from the eighties, but kind of having that runoff from it. I'm curious if like, something like Fright Night would it be such a standout film to a modern 14-year-old. I mean, I don't, know. I don't know without without actually, you know, doing the experiment and, and having him watch it and ask him what he thinks about it, but I I do. I think so. I I yeah. think I think this one stands the test of time. I think that there's something timeless about it. Um although I did spend like a whole 15-minute segment of our show talking about how it's of its time. <laughs> but I do think that there's that that the themes um and the sexiness and the what it says about sexuality in some ways is timeless because it does it 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 looks at masculinity in a lot of different ways i i can't say that it just says you know that the show or that the movie paints masculinity as something very black and white um so yeah i think i think i'd love to see what what he thinks i think that he would probably find it to be awesome to be honest it's like there's something about films right now that that i'm seeing a trend with with him especially where outside of he loves anime but he also loves practical effects because he grew up in the marvelization of the world 
which is like he loved Marvel as a kid. We both did. We both would go see all the movies and, you know, we loved all the way through, you know, Endgame. Um, and there was something, though, that like as they continue to produce these things, he's kind of like burnt out on seeing like big explosions and large, you know, you know, CG. And rather, he's like he's more inclined to like something like um, uh, the Gilly, is it, what's it called? The Gillymuck or whatever that movie that came out. that's like really lo-fi. There's like this independent horror film that came out recently that's really lo-fi, and it's like all the kids his age are just like obsessed with it. But it is like, I mean, it's lo-fi in the sense that it looks like it was shot on like a VHS home, you know, camcorder. So I think there is something about practical effects that that is more that will never lose its thrill because it feels tangible. It feels it feels in front of your face, even when it's even if it comes off a little cheesy or not quite right. There's still something malleable about it right there's like that's in the real world even if it's fake it's real right and not 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 rendered in some you know 3d mapping technology so anyway point being i think it would work on him i don't want to speak for him but um but i think i think this movie has an appeal to all people all ages you know at all times so if you ask me who i'd recommend it to not to steal from Chris, but no, I would no, definitely, I would definitely say that that um, young horror fans, you'll love it. Old horror fans, you'll love it. Um, it's 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 a great horror treat for all, and it's not so scary that you're gonna tell somebody who, because there are people that don't like jump scares and the thrills of horror, I think that this would be something they could still watch and enjoy. Michelangelo, your recommendation. I'm going to disagree with you guys. Like, it's oh, very... I figured, inclusive. I figured. It's a very oh, inclusive okay. thing. Like, like, this is only for my sexy customers. <laughs> you know? So you're I judging all of our customers. I think all of our customers are sexy. They're... No! Christopher Walken. It was like Vincent Price is back. No, them. He, he has no. a book. He's been ranking our customers. I'm so sorry, customers. This is not the way business should be run. Sexy, not sexy. <laughs> oh man, you're still cool, Michelangelo. <laughs> Jerry Dandridge, what are you doing dressed as Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> Better fish to fry. <laughs> I got better fish to fry. Um, guys, I gotta say, this it goes without saying that. Um, yeah, if you if you're coming into the video store and you haven't seen this, this is a treat. And if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again. It's for everybody. It's great. It's it's ent it's entryway. It's classic. It's it's all these things. It's 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 mm -hmm. uh, lightning in a bottle. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's for everyone. Yeah. It's it's up there with like gremlins and killer clowns. It's like it's got something that's kind of just working right. You know, it's people who love their job, love this genre, and you can tell that they did because they put their their love and joy into this thing that hopefully, which is a rare thing, jumps off the screen and also makes you love something, you know? 
So thank you so much for listening to this episode, listeners. You can follow us on Instagram at the return slot underscore of horror pod. And we're going to have a Patreon coming out soon. We'll have that information and for you. And we're on Letterboxd. We're on Letterboxd. And it also helps us if you subscribe to our podcast. So if you're listening for your first time and you want to continue to listen, please subscribe. It does help. It helps our rankings. It helps us get discovered. So really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, rate and review us. Um, five stars, obviously. Thank you for listening. We love you. And... We got one more episode left before we move on to Halloween. <laughs> Ooh, spooky.